Hello and welcome to The Monthly Dose, a place to destigmatize chronic conditions with experts, patients, advocates, you name it. My name is Nicholas Fossil, healthcare expert, CEO of FOMAP, and founder of FIBO. Six out of every 10 adults in the U.S. have a chronic condition. We're all perfectly imperfect. Join today with my cousin. Hi, I'm the cousin. Before we start, quick disclaimer, anything you hear today is only our opinion but we mean well, so don't really take it too seriously. This podcast is sponsored by FIBO. FIBO is a condition management platform that gives you personalized access to manage your medical journey. Stay updated with the latest research and news on your condition, wearables integration, food diary, medication reminders, and advice from your peers. Tell us a little bit about you, and I'm sure you came out to maybe Amgen, because that's, that's the, big, the big shop out here. We, um, yeah, so I live on the Isle of Man, which is, as I said, it's in the UK. So you've got England and you've got Ireland and we're a little tiny island in the middle. All so right. We're right between the two. A lot um, of sorry? Sorry, a lot of commerce. I was thinking like a lot of like ports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, we're right in between everything. We're um we've got two kids, my husband and I, um, and they've both got the same condition. Um but, and what condition is that? Like educate so, the listener a little bit. Yeah, so the kids have got erythriotic protoporphyria, um, which is a type of porphyria. There's there's um seven different types of porphyria, and they've got one of them. And basically what it means is that they're allergic to the sun. Um, their blood, um, it, it reacts to UV rays. So um, it causes them immense pain and burning and itching. And then it, it causes the skin to swell up and blister as well. Um, I'm sorry, and forgive my ignorance. This isn't just like, this isn't just like a bad sunburn. No, 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 not at all. It um, it feels to them like their blood is boiling when they're outside in the sun, so they can't be exposed to UV for a long time at all. Mm. Um, it massively impacts our day to day life. We um, we can't go outside for long in the summer weathers, or even like in the spring, and sometimes in the autumn it's just too sunny. Um they won't be able to go abroad or go to sunnier climates and it massively limits their lifestyle um we live on an island and we're surrounded by beaches and in the summer they're not they can't go at all there um there's actually a beach like a minute from my house i can hear the waves at night time and in the summer if they to go they have to be completely covered from head to toe and if they don't they will be an immense amount of pain natasha one of the questions that immediately comes to my mind is so direct sun causes this pain what about indirect sun so you're snowboarding down a, mo- a mountain the, the the glare off the, the snow into um, yeah it's still, it's still just as bad so even inside like it's a UV still comes through windows, it bounces off the sea, it bounces off snow, bounces off ice. So 
you have to be really careful that it is direct sunlight as well. Even things like lights. So there's certain lighting that you have to avoid um, in theatre. Um, they need to have films on special lights um, well, on certain lights um, because they can react to that as well. Um, and that that's the little things that when you get a diagnosis, people think, right, it's the sun, put sun cream on, put a hat on and you're fine. And it's such a naive a naive way of looking at things and that it's, it's what we were kind of told it was like they've Madison's got this condition because she was diagnosed first this is what it is go away and look it up all you can do is put sun cream on it and just avoid the sun and yeah. you think all right okay and then when actually when you look into it and you you get help and support you realize that there's so much more to that there's so much you need to think about and to be aware of and regular testing that they need to have. And it also, is, it's quite complex. Indirect also like vitamin D deficiency, I'm assuming it's going to become a thing too. Yeah, so, so bit, vitamin D is an issue. Um, the, the kids are both vitamin D deficient. Most people where we live in our part of the world are vitamin D deficient to a certain degree because we don't get a lot of sun. Um, but they definitely have more problems with that. They're also anemia and being iron deficient, that, that's quite common with porphyria. And with EPP, um, you can't treat you can't treat that, so they can't take iron um, because the the iron that you take can actually make the condition worse um, oh. and make them react worse, but also there is a small chance that you can be like allergic to the iron and it causes liver failure. So it's really important to understand those things. And you only understand that from getting the right support and the right clinical help that you need. Um, and that's something that we didn't have at first. So Madison was on iron supplements from a young age and we didn't know that she shouldn't have actually been on that. But it was only from having the right guidance that we we're aware of it. Uh, so Natasha, you kind of uh, touched upon this, but are there any more, are there, uh, you know, just move or wear a hat or wear sunscreen? That seems like something that's probably typically somebody would think about, you know, if they had this condition or someone that didn't know about this condition would ask or say, are, are there any other questions or like, or frequently asked comments or questions that you're just kind of like over like, hearing or, or fielding yeah do you know what i'm saying so over here um we are in the uk and you know it does rain a lot it's not very sunny but people just constantly say oh well at least you know it's it's not sunny often or you know the sun isn't that bad it doesn't get that hot but uv levels don't necessarily reflect how hot it is right um and being on an island actually it seems a lot colder than it than it is like it seems colder than say in London where the UV is slightly higher but it's all because of the Irish Sea and the wind and things like that but also we do get sun people in the UK are so blase about sun safety skin cancer and we don't take a lot of protection we go on holiday and we use sun cream but nobody put sun cream on on a daily basis through the summer here even though in extreme 
it can get up to 30 degrees like rarely but I mean even 20 odd degrees that you would be in a hot day people would still not put sun cream on over here I think sun safety is so bad and people just too blase about it so we do get a lot of oh at least you don't live in a hot country um just go live somewhere that's colder but people say like go live somewhere colder like Iceland and stuff and it's like no because of snow right and the reflection so, is, is just as bad so Natasha two things one I'm loving the additives here blase like that's I'm loving that like that's Sorry. I'm going to add that to my like I'm going to try to say that this week and multiple times that's going to be he's going to he's going to say that mo incorrectly multiple times this week is what he's saying is that an English thing yeah <laughs> I will say it incorrectly that that's a fact I'll use it as a verb and like whatever but people say blase here what are you talking about I've never heard blase. You've never said blase in your life. You I don't have to. I don't have to have said blase to know that there's a word that exists in the English language. Come on, Nicholas. Clearly, clearly, but it's not used often, is what I'm it was saying. Even, it was even in a song. I'm not gonna sing it, but it was in a. Please it was sing in a it song. I'm not gonna sing it. What song is? And I guarantee you that song. Most top music comes from that part of the world. What? No, it was an English song. It's an American song, and it's it's rap, and it goes. I'm not. I don't want to sing it. Nick, do it. Do it. it. Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. it goes, I want to know what it is. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna look up the lyrics right now as you talk, and I'll just read it, and then I'll just no, so that way you have to put some beep in. You gotta. You gotta, you gotta like. I'm not. Stuff. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, Nick. So, uh, <laughs> Natasha, something that I wanted to ask is. Okay, found it. Found it. Oh no. Okay. Well, you're not reading it. Otherwise you're being I'm gonna out. I'm gonna read it with a little Go bit of it properly. I'll I'll read it with a little bit of rhythm. Ooh. Ooh. No, 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 Nick, don't do that. Ordered up a hundred rose, need a bends like blase blase. I'm just whipping my Maserati. Skirt, 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 skirt. Blase, oh. blase, blase, blase. Ordered up a hundred bottles in the club like blase blase. Okay. All right, Nick. Oh, what by, is that? And that's by Ty Dollar Sign, and it's a song called Blase. Blase mm -hmm. or Blase? Blase. <laughs> you saying it wrong. <laughs> this, this is this guy. I'm I'm not saying it wrong. I'm just saying this is this guy. Well, you're reading it. We, that's we, Ty. I'm 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 reading it like the way he would say it. Blase, blase, blase. Uh, I don't know. Blase, blase, blase. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's an actual song. Sounds, sounds um, anyways. So, Natasha, question. You are saying that it's not necessarily heat related, but it's more UV related. Is that is that fair yeah. or is it kind of a combination? That's absolutely yeah. what it is, it sounds like. It is. Right. It's all to do with the UV. So, right. I mean, the, the heat comes into it in the terms of the discomfort that they must feel. So, the only way to protect them is to completely cover their body up and to cover the skin up. So when it is really hot, they're still walking around with long sleeve t-shirts and long sleeve trousers. Sorry, long sleeve trousers, long sleeve t-shirts, full trousers, um, like a, a scarf um, that they pull up to here sometimes, up to above their eyes, um, like a hat, scarf, gloves. They are fully covered. Um, and then even the bits of skin that are showing has got like a really thick cream on that's like a, a foundation, like a makeup. Um, so they must be so hot and sweaty and uncomfortable right. already without the heat as well. 
Um, I do want to say uh, earlier in the podcast, Natasha said 20 degrees uh, and for um, our Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. For oh. our Fahrenheit folks, I converted it for you guys, and yeah. that's 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So, and this By the is- way, <laughs> I do want to let everybody know that he he must have used like a calculator. Like he, I he, did. I the did. reason why he looked it up is he did not know what 20 degrees. No, so, I, I, so I definitely I did thought, not. I'm definitely. I thought Fahrenheit. <laughs> you take 30 off your Fahrenheit and then half it, and that's our Celsius. Well, let's see if that's true. So, 30 off of 68. That would be like 24 degrees in my mind then. Uh yeah, so if you took thirty, what was it you said? Take take thirty take off. Take of, thirty off it, and then so half we have thirty eight, and then thirty eight. Uh, and half of that is sixteen. So it's about it's about that. Wait 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 wait. Where, where's your nineteen? Nineteen. Nineteen. Oh God, I'm tired, guys. I'm sorry. I had my you confess. There it is. You're on your PJs. That's what it is. That's why you're not turning on that <laughs> camera. My camera is broken, and I am tired. Those are two different things. Oh, what time is it there? And <laughs> in the morning. In the morning. Yes, it's, it's way oh. too late for me to have that excuse. What time is it over there where you are? It's uh, twenty past six in the evening on Thursday. All right, I'm gonna convert that to American. So let's see, twenty plus six. That's okay. six twenty on 6:20. Thursday. So six twenty on Thursday equal, and that means Thursday as well. They use the same days for us. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> 620. 620. Oh. All right, great. So going back, going back, how 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 do you there's another like now that we're talking about history and all these like difference, you have to educate me of UK versus Britain versus Great Britain. Oh, you don't have to educate. Gone. No, you should have known this one by now, Nick. I I think I do. Hold on, hold on. I, I want no, I don't want to talk. You're gonna educate me because I am useless. Oh, okay. Well, that's really that's kind of a relief to hear. So I also have we, the same question. we are an island, so we are in the British Isles. So the United Kingdom and Great Britain. The United Kingdom. Oh my God, I'm gonna get this wrong. Is England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales? It's the four countries. Um, Great Britain includes all the little islands. I think. Or Great Britain. Oh, Ireland is split into Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. And I think the UK is Northern Ireland, but Great Britain includes Southern Ireland. Is that your understanding? So, a little, but then it goes a little more complex, like political mandates, like when laws, like it affects one and affects the other, and sometimes it affects both. And it's like, yeah, so we, just to complicate things worse, like the Isle of Man has its own government. So we have our own laws. So we're not uh, we're not governed by the UK. Okay. Um. So we have our, our whole like our own parliament and our whole politics so and stuff. Keeping it within our world, within the, the podcast topic, when you receive when you receive research funding or um, mm-hmm. government programs, is it coming from? Ireland is it coming from UK is it coming from Great Britain or a combination of it's coming from the UK so the Isle of Man has its own government so I don't know if you you're aware so we have an NHS so a national health service so we don't pay life assurance um, we don't pay insurance 
So anybody can go to the ER or A and E, as we call it here, um, or any doctors or anything. You don't have to pay. You don't have to show your insurance or anything like that. It's free, completely. Sounds free. like a dream. Oh yeah, your system sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> and expensive. Does. We can Thank have you. babies over here, and it doesn't cost us a fortune. It's completely free. Uh, Costs um, money to have a baby over here. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, I interrupted. Keep on. I'm sorry, Natasha. I interrupted. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. So, um, we have been polite the whole time. He hasn't been polite. Now he's been polite just because not to you. Just because you agree with him, Natasha. He's been polite. <laughs> That's absolutely not true, Natasha. I've been nothing but nice and respectful and a gentleman. Where is your camera? What My camera is broken and that has nothing to do with how nice I am. Stop being blase about the whole thing, Nick. Get out of I here. I feel like I'm being catfished. That's such a catfish excuse. Oh my. All right. Broken. I can. Super blase right there. You're blase right now, dude. <laughs> Sorry, Natasha. What else did I say that was like blase? Yeah, Nick, was there, was there another term that, that impressed you? Uh, that's what, I wrote it down, by the way. I have it written down right here. Use it three times this week. Just oh. blase. Blase. I mean, I'm, I'm writing things down as we go right now. That's the one that's like, like top Very of the list. Right. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. yeah, so we, so we get it all for free and we go through, we get a lot of support in England but our government have to pay for it it comes it's really complicated so our support system and our medicine and things come from england so the uk however we don't we aren't restricted by the same guidelines we follow them as best practice but we our laws aren't the same as in england so, for example, if there was a medication like there is that's just been approved in, I think it's been approved in America, the um, Senese implant for this condition, it's available in Europe and it's available, I think, now in America. England, the nicer government body, have turned it down. But once in the UK they accept it, that doesn't necessarily mean that on the Isle of Man, we will still be able to get it. So um, medical marijuana, cannabis, um, is just being approved in the UK. But even though it's being approved in the UK, that doesn't mean that people on the Isle of Man, our laws will reflect that and we can have it as well. Does that make sense at all? It does. We have, we're, in a, we're in the same similar situation with, uh, as you bring up marijuana, uh, with marijuana, where it is federally illegal to mm-hmm. to i guess own and use but different states will have you know their laws when it comes to cannabis so yeah. some states will legalize it but it's still federally illegal so you can't technically possess it so we're in a weird gray area as well with that mm-hmm. so, it, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a lot of, it's everybody's fighting for it and over here they are trying to get it through our parliament as well that it is legal um but again it just comes down i suppose it is the same as the states that it just comes down to what each government allow how do you fall on this on this side no no need no need to get political there's no political there's no politics i'm just curious (laughs) natasha how do you how where do you fall don't need to answer that my i don't know my um my friends 
um, their son has a extremely rare type of epilepsy that is um, it is le is lethal. It you know it's catastrophic and it could take his life. Um, and he's only young. And if it was made available, that is something that is used for his condition. And I'd do anything that I could do to get it for him to make him better. Wow. So I think that answers that. <laughs> Beautiful answer. And it's an answer that we would have been deprived of had Nick said, don't answer, don't ask. Political. <laughs> I mean, might as well ask her what, you know, we can go into like Brexit. We can go, I mean, no, absolutely not. Oh, I would... Brexit. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I also don't want to get political, but I disagree. I don't think that was a political question. No, Aaron it was a, a it was a health topic. question. The health, it was it's the health of it. Yeah. It's all right, all right. I see Natasha teaming up with the no video guy over here. I love <laughs> you know what? I just have a, I just make friends, Nick. I, I'm just nice and I make friends, and that's what happens. You should try it sometime. You should try putting some clothes on and you getting your video on. You should try living your life with a broken camera and you can't go around because your camera's broken. You know what's funny is oh your camera's broken of your computer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then you have your phone. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with my phone? Yeah, what's wrong with it? I don't know. Anyway, so, Natasha, <laughs> so you were, you, were, you were talking about the national <laughs> top of the national health service. Uh, yeah. I, I myself, Nick, kind of alluded to it. I'm a fan of the system. Uh, definitely am not very proud to say what we got over here in America. But, uh, oh, no, Nick, no. did you, you want to stand necessarily on the same side on this topic? We don't. Don't include me in your in your group in your group uh, topic right there. I know. I'm. I was about to. I was about to just uh, hand it over to you. What, I was going to say, Nick. What do you think about the National Health Service? I know. Obviously, it can be improved. There's no doubt about that. There's. I mean, absolutely no doubt. There should be access to healthcare to everybody. But there is. There is some beauty to it. Um, and I don't. I mean. How much research comes out of the U.S.? How much development has come out of the U.S.? How much advancement in science? Not to say that everybody else is not. Clearly, the U.K. is AstraZeneca. You know the job that they did with COVID is huge, but mm -hmm. you can't you can't try to diminish the involvement the U.S. has in research and just. Ew! He's trying to defend it. That's so gross, right, Natasha? Anyway, no, so. <laughs> I completely like it is you know you need money and we need a lot more money put into the NHS but where does it come from so we also have a private um that you you could pay I could pay for Madison and Isaac to have a treatment that would mean that they could live a normal life but it would cost us a hundred thousand pound a year don't know what that is in dollars I'll get, you know what that is, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. So, in, for me to, for us to travel to Europe and to pay for the medication for both children, it would be a hundred thousand sterling. One hundred and thirty-five thousand. I did the research. One hundred and thirty-five thousand six hundred seven dollars and fifty United States American dollars. Hey, yeah. So, so that would be a year. That's a that's quite a lot. That's a lot in both countries, and very that's very unfortunate to hear. Are I there? Would never be able to afford that. It's 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 too much. Are is there are there any treatments? Um, you mentioned the 
there was one treatment in, that was being developed in America. Is, are there any more yeah. that you know of that are in the horizon? So there, there's a couple. There's some going to trials at the moment. There's one called Mitsubishi that's going to trials. The, the problem is that once they get approved, they also have to get approved by the NHS and they have to say that, yes, it is worth the money for them to pay for you to get it. Um, whether that will ever happen, I, I don't know. So We'd like to be. That, let's talk safe. about a little further. Yeah. What you just touched. So NHS boom approves it, but they yeah. don't approve covering the cost. Yeah. What so you've got so you've got a government body called Nice. So Nice would approve that it can be made. It is available in the UK, so they can approve that this is medicine that is available. Once it's made available, you can go private and you can pay then to get the medication and it would cost us you know as i said probably like about a hundred thousand pounds possibly more possibly less $135,607.50 yeah the computer works or, to do that research but not to turn on a camera continue broken or the government will pay for it so things like cancer like if you get cancer over here and you go through all the costs of treatment, you don't need to worry about costing that because the government pay for it. But you could pay to go private. And if you have money, people will do that. People pay to have babies, even though they can do it for free because they've got the money and they put that money in. But that money doesn't go to the NHS. So... I understand both points, but we are very lucky to have it because everybody has, you know, people who live on the streets can still go to hospital and get the care that they need. And you know what? Fun fact, Nicholas, uh, England hosted the, the Olympics. And what was it? Was it two years ago? Or Twi where are you going with this? All right. I'm, you'll, I'm, see, I'm, you'll see where I'm going. I'm sorry. What was it, Natasha? 2018, I think. 2018, right? yeah. So two years, or I guess three years ago at this point. And uh, part of the opening ceremony, they had a tribute to the NHS. So, I mean, it is a, it's, it's a subject of national pride. And I had, you know, if I were from England, I would also be very proud of that system. So at the moment, so in the UK during since with COVID for the lockdown last year, we would all. This is going to sound absolutely bizarre to you guys. But we all went outside on a Thursday night and clapped for the NHS. That does not sound weird at all. In fact, over here where I live, uh, in a little place called Echo Park, there was a tradition. I don't know if they do it anymore, but at 8 p.m. every night, they would clap for everyone in the front lines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, an, it's just, yeah. It's just recognizing that the work they do and they don't get paid well. Like, the nurses and the doctors and the shifts that they do and they don't get paid a lot at all people think they do and if you go private you're going to get paid a lot so like surgeons and stuff in america or if they were they were work for private over here yeah they would get money but you're just standard surgeon they'd spend 15 years in education in higher education to become a surgeon and the hours they work is crazy they don't earn a lot of money so we just want to thank them and appreciate it mm. 
Interesting topic. Interesting topic. He's <laughs> <laughs> so diplomatic. I love it. No, no, no. Okay, hold on. We've had uh, Natasha, and by the way, for all the listeners, especially because I have the video on and they can see my face. My here. camera is broken. No, it is, and you have your phone. Like they you should, have they should phone. have a, they should have a universal healthcare for for laptops because I would definitely be able to take my laptop in, like an NHS for you know computer stuff because I would. Oh, it's broken. I fix or something. Listen, Claudio, you have a phone. Your phone can just easily turn on the video. Like, what's going on with that? If that's your excuse, what is it? What's that one? What happened was the camera. My my phone is charging, and I need. Oh, and I, okay. All right. Yeah. So, going back, Natasha, to the topic of well, I want I want to pass by go address this topic and then bring it back to some more yeah. uh, pertinent questions. I just want to make sure that everybody that my stance is clear. Healthcare for all is a must. It's actually, I think, an obligation, a birthright obligation almost. But, mm -hmm. but I also, my solution for this medical problem is having, giving access to everybody to healthcare, but not compromising research and development. Finding a way yeah. where they can both coexist. And, mm -hmm. you know, the more you be, it becomes uh, government controlled, the less research and development dollars that will be invested in ergo less involvement in in rare diseases and um yeah. and, and there's like thousands upon thousands of research trials are going on every year because they see a dollar return mm -hmm. on their investment so yeah uh if government entities are not going to cover like you just said some rare disease trial uh, drugs and it'll be private um so that's kind of where, how can we make it occur, solve it where it's, it, they coexist? Yeah. Uh, that's in essence what I like. So that's what the role of charities do, that charities raise money to make these options and to have help with this research. So we, on the islands, there's a big drive for breast cancer charities um raise money like I'd, I'd say a ridiculously high amount of money that is raised on our island is to go towards cancers in cancer research which is brilliant um but because a lot of people are impacted by those bigger more common conditions and diseases rare diseases are definitely kind of missed and ignored um I do a lot to raise awareness and to raise money for the British Porphyria Association, who are the company, the charity that help us with our kids. And it's really important that we help with the fundraising for them because they speak to the scientists and they speak to the pharmaceutical companies and, you know, consultants and, and they help get what you need from these different places but you're right if we didn't have the nhs would more money go into helping these conditions than there is at the moment because on the isle of man we have a ridiculously high amount of rare diseases there's a lot of rare diseases over here the condition that the kids have epp only five to ten thousand people in the world have the condition but there's seven people on our little island that have it and we only have 81,000 people on our island so it is 
very high amount in proportion to the population. Okay. So it should be looked at more. Do you, do you want to uh, shout out to the, the charity right now for all of our listener? Maybe that maybe that one person that listens to this podcast wants to donate to that charity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the British Porphyria Association um, or the BPA, then also in America, you've got the America Porphyria Federation. If you just look up Porphyria, which is P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-I-A, you will find the uh, the different charities and they do help a lot and they when you get diagnosed with a rare disease or you have a child diagnosed with a rare disease you do just get handed a piece of paper with the condition on it and you don't know who to turn to and it is extremely isolating and frustrating trying to get the support you need so knowing that there's charities that you can go to who can point you in the right direction or help you is so important and they are run by um, donations. So it's really important. And thank you to everyone that does support it. That's lovely. I have a, I have a question here. Yeah. Uh, uh, how do I? Um, okay. Turn your camera on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I had a question and I... And it's just slipped my mind. Nick, do you do you have something? I, I know I can think of, I know I can remember it. I've been trying to I've been trying to ask it all podcast. You're probably thinking like, how do you turn on your camera? I'm it's, a little, it's a little icon that has uh, probably a red line across it. Natasha it like already said that joke and she said it a lot better than you. I'm just so. repeating it. So it sounds like I also uh, am funny. Uh, you're not. Stop trying to be funny, dude. Oh my God. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, here it is. I got it. Awesome. I got my well, question. You can't, you can't just interrupt me in middle my mid question here. Ah, I forget. I'm gonna forget it. Your question. I'm gonna write it down. Yes, please, um, Natasha. So the, mm -hmm. the research that's being done right now. So you said that uh, there's the Great Britain uh, Porphyria uh, charity, but there's also one yeah, for the yeah. US, right? Yeah. Do yeah. they collaborate a lot, and do they use like cross research across from each other? Yeah, so I think everybody's connected and linked in. It's the same, um, it's the same trials done in the different parts of the world. So Australia, America, Europe, and here, um, it's the same um, pharmaceutical companies that do it. Um, so it, it is all linked, and they there is a wider, is a wide wider collaboration, and I can't think of what it is that it's called and. They do have people from each place that represent it. So they are very much in cahoots with each other. Nice. And then the pharmaceutical gets, yes. you know, they're heavily involved. I'm assuming they're putting a lot of the money in. But then the charities also donate. Yes. Are the charities somehow also kind of have ownership, if you will, in the no. drug development process or just donate to the pharma who then develops it? Uh, uh, to be honest, I don't know if if any of the money necessarily goes to the pharmaceutical companies. Like, don't quote me on that. I think the pharmaceutical companies are independent and they actually help the charities. Um, mm -hmm. 
the role of the charity more is to be an advocate, the patient advocate, and to provide research and understanding it and that link between the drug companies and the people that need it. Um, right. It's just could be so here is coming from like the, the finance side of things. Of, of yeah. to try, there's with um, Proferia, there's about, you said somewhere about 15K around the entire globe. Five, uh, you said something about 15,000 maybe? Just in with EPP, so with erythriotic protoporphyria, there's yeah. five to 10,000 people in the world. Um, so EPP is only one of seven. I'm not quite sure porphyria as a whole, how many there is in the world, but you're probably, I think you're looking at like 40,000, maybe 45,000 people in the whole world with a type of porphyria. And obviously each different condition needs different drugs and, and medication. So for EPP, it's just up to 15,000 people in the world. So... To, to to Claudio, I think kind of adding, going back to our previous discussion of having healthcare systems, I think one thing we need to do is to like, and it, it, it almost hurts us, but it also benefits us by lowering the standards that we require upon ourselves to approve a drug, which in essence, we're all, by doing that, we're also hurting ourselves. But by doing that, we're also lowering the investment. Right now, the investment for a drug to get approved I can only speak for the U.S., but uh, it's mm -hmm. roughly about $2.8 billion. So that's like mm -hmm. the average, right? And if your person, if you only, let's say with all of porphyria, right? You said 40K, the entire spectrum of porphyria, right? Yeah. Assuming that all of them, without exception, was to take, so call it, you know, Pharmaceutical X developed it, invested $2.8 billion, and to, to, to get this drug into the market. And all 40K people um, were to take the medication. Mm -hmm. You would have to charge roughly, this goes um, 10 would make it 400. Uh, uh, that could make such a hard number for yourself. Like, I think it's $100,000 per mm -hmm. person for you to make, only, like for you to get your money back, if you will. Yeah. I make a few dollars. So that's where the issue that's where i think there's only a few ways to solve this major issue which is a you make drug development cheaper or less expensive yeah. two charities now that's why i asked the question because charities now what if charities helped the pharmaceuticals to drive down the cost instead of 2.8 billion if it was self-funded mm -hmm. by these 40k people and brought it from 2.8 to like call it half a billion dollars now you're not charging these crazy amounts of money you can charge maybe a few yeah. maybe a thousand dollars the thing is with that though is that for conditions like this that are so rare the charities don't have that much money fundraised right so there's no way like thinking about the bpa there's no way the bpa would be able to invest in that kind of money that right. even because you've only got a small community of people with the condition, there's only a small community of people that are donating. So, what about, a lot of the money. No, no, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm just thinking, like, personally, the amount of money that 
my community donate to the BPA? And how much of the charities fundraising that, you know, that makes up? If I was to then top that up, what the charity are topping up, that would still be a massive cost to myself. Right. But so you're right. I, I completely agree. You know, you're, you're putting the burden on the individual. And I think mm -hmm. when you have a some small subset of people that are trying to fight for themselves, in this case, 40K, 1,000 people, 40,000 people, mm -hmm. there has to be some sort of government programs that will, you know, help and, and or lower the bar. And, you know, you can yeah. you don't have to get approved to phase three, maybe you get approved to phase two lower the, the some, some programs to allow for research and development again for them to invest yeah. in this area but also not make it that huge 2.8 billion dollar investment when you're never going to make your money back right and then that, that's when yeah. you're charging a hundred thousand who can pay a hundred thousand dollars you know well i do wonder like in like in america when you're having to pay for it yourselves how people can afford the treatment at all so if somebody had epp in america and there was this treatment available and they had it like how where does that money come from for you to be able to pay for it um do you know of any historical examples i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to imagine how anyone could know what was going on with them before any like yeah. research or anything was any like uh, information was was uh, done on this topic. Do you know of any historical examples of of this being experienced? No. So they say that porphyria comes back from some kind of royalty, but I think it's a condition that they've only really researched and been aware of in the last twenty to thirty years. It's only something that's been really understood. So. With, with people that I know that have got the condition that when they were, you know, people who were on their 30s or or older, um, they they were told that they were like self-harming or that it was all in their head. So typically when you go out in the sun with EPP, you'll start to feel tingling, like a tingling sensation on your skin. Um, at that point, you're, you're kind of reacting um and then that will turn to burning um and then if you stay out on the sun that burning will get worse and then you'll get like um swelling and inflammation and then at that point you'll get like um lesions on your skin so people will be going through that and not knowing what's going on um with our kids or madison was three two three and she started having these symptoms and we were told that um it's an allergy to something um i think it's pretty obvious that it's an allergy but you think that you get told that it's an allergy to like washing up liquid or like detergent or right. grass or or there's something that's touching their skin um at no point do you think that it's actually the sun um i'm not quite sure how they discovered it um in terms of the history of it but i know it's still quite a new thing that they they've only really been aware from it from like 20 30 years i'm trying to think of somebody in history that you know is, is suffering with this affliction and 
how alone they must have felt to, because this is rare enough as it is but on mm -hmm. top of that i mean we had some at least if there's any saving grace is that we, there is research on this and there is it seems yeah. like some treatments but you know imagine going through this and not having any of that must have been yeah so, and the, the mental scars and the impact it has in just being forced to be out and exposed in sun and not understanding that that's what the issue was. Like, I do feel a lot of guilt when I look at pictures of Madison when she was a baby and she would be outside in the sun, like, you know, exposed. And I look at those pictures and I see redness or swelling or rashes that at the time we wouldn't have even seen or or realized we were very lucky that we managed to get it diagnosed so young most people aren't as young as she was but that's purely down to me being assertive and very um aggressive with getting diagnosed i wouldn't put it i, I wouldn't be so hard on yourself there's no way you know that's not something that immediately comes to anyone's mind and it's a rare it's such a rare condition. it must be difficult i mean you you go out with your baby and i'm assuming they get they, they're crying more more often because mm -hmm. of the pain and you just don't know what they're you know is it is it they're hungry is it and maybe you take yeah. them to go to sleep and they sleep so you're like oh it's the sleep and you kind of go through this you start explain you start justifying it through yeah. other little things as time mm -hmm. evolves and that's yeah must be very difficult. The amount of times we've looked back and thought, because I remember when Isaac was, he was a baby, he was screaming nonstop and he wouldn't sleep. And I had him in the living room in a pram, like pushing him around. And I was like, why is he not, why is he not stop crying? And after hours and hours, we ended up taking him to the hospital. And they said he had like thrush. It's like, um, it's like bacteria in your throat, like a, an infection. And now I'm thinking, well, was it actually because it was the middle of summer? Was it actually him having a reaction? And you just don't know. Like when they're babies, they get to put down so many things. Right. And even when Madison was reacting and she was screaming and screaming in pain with a reaction, the doctors would still be telling us that it was nothing. It was just an allergy to, you know, detergent or something um yeah it's very frustrating not knowing what's wrong with your child is there but, some sort of genetic marker testing that they that they can do now if, yeah not... so it is a genetic condition so we're waiting on the results from madison's genetic testing but basically what happens is my husband and i one of us has got a major fault in our gene and the other one has a minor fault in our gene. And the way that it's come together, it's caused a default. And at that point, you've got one in four chance of having a child of EPP. So for us to have both children with EPP is quite rare, but they will now both have those markers that we can find out. First of all, find out whose side of the family is. Is it myself or my husband's? And then we can have a look then at our siblings um to see if they have it but going forward madison and isaac wouldn't necessarily have a child of epp but 
unless they it would the fault would still be there. Right, unless they were married. So, in essence, right, they could have they could have kids. They would have to do perhaps a genetic test of the wife for your, for your son or yeah. husband, and yeah. um, and to see. My, I have a good, very good friend of mine who um, different rare disease, but very similar concept, and um, they had to do a genetic test for the wife and there's always IVF afterwards as well. Um, also, Natasha, super random here, but just letting you know yeah. that my lovely cousin, <laughs> here it comes. Um, his camera doesn't work, but his beer at 1030 in the morning does. I'm actually, <laughs> drinking, I'm actually drinking a Soleil, which is sparkling water, Nick. I'm, I'm not so drinking this. As you were explaining this whole thing, Natasha, I, 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 I smirked for a little bit. I later thought, wow, it's so rude. She doesn't know why I'm smirking while she's saying something super deep. And <laughs> it's because I heard that, right? And I I'm did like, open it. I, okay, sure. I did open a can, yes, but it's sparkling water with caffeine in it. If you oh, must know. Well, it's, that is so um, convenient because your camera's not on. Sparkling okay. water with caffeine in it. Yes. It's, what it's actually, kind of drinks do you drink over there? It's lovely. I love this stuff. It's called Soleil, and it is a sparkling water with a little bit of caffeine in it, and it has about the third of the caffeine as a cup of coffee. And if you drink three of those bad boys, you're good. And How much alcohol does it have in it? Zero point zero zero. Nick, shut up. <laughs> Why didn't you just have a coffee? I had a coffee, but then I was like over it, and I wanted a new flavor. This is grapefruit. Oh, <laughs> it's true. It's good. Just turn the tap on and have some water at the tap, like but a normal I, person. But, but like a normal person, she says, Natasha, the nerve. Oh my! I'm Lord. loving Natasha now. Now <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a weird question as well, Natasha. I love yeah. you have such a lovely accent. Would you mind? Would you mind saying a phrase for me that I just love hearing? Uh, people from. Okay. Are you, this is Northern England. Are you from Northern? Right. England? So we are Northern England, but. Okay. I oh, said something extremely Manx that, like, so from the Alaman, it's a Manx accent. Uh -huh. So I said grass, uh -huh. and that's such a Manx thing. You know the ah, so to be like grass, <laughs> like uh, grass. And I thought you're going to pick up on that, but go on. What do you want me to say? Well, if you wouldn't mind, please. This is my favorite phrase that I that I love anyone from Northern England to say, and it's oh, for for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not English. So are you talking about like Liverpool or Manchester? Liverpool. Say Liverpool. how you think it should be said. This is how my, this is how my cousins, or this is how my good friend's cousin says it. And he is from, okay. I'm forgetting that. He goes, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's Scottish. But it's not. This is my bad accent. But it's for because sake. I can't do it. It's for fuck's sake. Because for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. We're going to edit all of this out, by the way. But I'm just <laughs> thanking you so much for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I will say I love your accent as well. Very Thank lovely. you. <laughs> what do you think about ours? It's like a typical Californian accent, isn't it? Wow. She is like, if I put on anything on TV, that was set in California. That's what you sound like. You're getting wrecked right now. Could you, could you imitate 
Claudio saying that he's not drinking alcohol, but rather an absolutely not. I am shocking at accents. I am by the way, say I love it. Like he's like, I'm not drinking coffee, I'm drinking a soleil. Like he he changes it his accent to say the name of it. Okay, sure. It's, it's like the it's it's uh we have a <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this, but we have a, 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 a supermarket brand called Ralph's. Have you, are you guys familiar with? I know. Oh Rick my is. God. I, I, well, we have, we have Ralph's. Like I'm sure every place has their own little thing. Anyway, Ralph's. so they have their off brand, like LaCroix generic version and it's called Soleil and they think they're Soleil. so fancy. Yeah. Which actually ironically has kind of a lot to do with the topic of this podcast, which is very odd. So, that connection could be made. Soleil in French means sun. Hmm. Oh, oh you're, isn't you it not are... Solero? It's so is that no, Italian? Solero. That oh, and by the way, I did a little bit of research earlier in the conversation. Natasha said pram, and looked that bad boy. Oh yeah, Porsche. That's a that's a stroller here. A stroller. America. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Pram Porsche stroller. In that car. It's like. But you know, you know, over here, our kids like send us parents mad because they spend their life watching YouTube videos, and it's always American kids on YouTube, and they say American phrases all the time, and it absolutely does our head in, like candy, which is sweets, uh, yeah, or they say trash, which is bin. Or sidewalk, which is pavement, and it send us mad. Or football, and you say soccer. No, can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, that one oh. I can't handle either. Right. But you're not American. No, but I, I, I'm, a, I'm a footy fan, so I, I oh, do. Yeah, yeah. No, you ask my cousin though; he doesn't even know what sport we're talking about. That's talking about soccer. No, it's talking about football. <laughs> I don't care either way. I don't watch either sport. So you guys, <laughs> you guys can call it whatever you want. Natasha. My you. husband's from Manchester, so he's a massive Man United fan. Manchester oh, Man United. Well, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Chelsea fan. So for fuck's sake. No, because that's London. I'm from I'm I loved <laughs> I love uh <laughs> Manchester. No. <laughs> what do I love? I forgot. Chelsea, you said Chelsea. Keep going. I love Chelsea. For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. What's your team, Natasha? Is it? Are you also a Man U? I have to be, yeah. But oh, my my brother's Liverpool. So Liverpool is like the closest point to us in England because it's like our boats and our planes go from like here to Liverpool. So, yeah, a lot of people are either Liverpool or Manchester supporters over here. I had one one last little question before I think we yeah. have to call it a show. Um, you mentioned that this particular disease, they believe, they speculate that it came from royalty. Yes. So if, you, if and when you guys do the genetic marker testing, would it be kind of fun to find out that you were – that you have some sort of connection to royalty or is it just would it just be novel and just like who cares no for me <laughs> i am very proud of the fact that i come from the isle of man uh -huh. so 
my parents on both sides and their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents as far back are all from the Isle of Man. So like I'm really proud of that. So the fact that my husband's from Manchester and my kids aren't as fully Manx as me upsets me. <laughs> so if I found out that um, somewhere along the line we were from, I don't know, someone in the UK, I'd be upset. <laughs> I love that answer. That's so funny. So it's it's mm -hmm. the husband. I'm I'm thinking. It's his fault. Blame the husband always. Yeah, let's go yeah. for it. We are very inbred island, though. Huh? So, like, the the genetic diseases over here is probably because everybody's related to everybody. Paul is like really smaller. Yeah, because we're so small that there's so many. Yeah, it's got to be because of the inbred. Well, you you know you give and you take because you know you have you have these conditions, sure, but also you could say that you're pure Manx. Yeah, so, you, know, you gotta Definitely. also by having control of you know of of people coming in and people coming out, you control COVID a lot better. What you said earlier. Oh yeah, right. We've yeah. done our government have done an amazing job. We are in lockdown, but we're in lockdown because we've got thirteen or fourteen cases. So on the other man, we've got 14 positive cases of coronavirus and we're in lockdown. Oh, wow. I yeah. think. I think I think my cousin has like 14 cases <laughs> in the in his block. Truly, I mean, I know you're making a joke, but that's that might that might be correct, Nick. No, no, I, mean, I, I don't mean that in, a, in my block, too, by the way. I mean, I, I'm involved in. Yeah. For, there's no, yeah. Yeah, we are in it's the epic. Like we are, we have the most cases of coronavirus in all of the world here in Los Angeles. Really? Far as I, far as I've heard, is everybody doing what they should be? Are they social distancing? Are they wearing masks? Well, are they? Uh, uh. See, over here, we'd we'd go to prison if we didn't do it. I, well, then over here, that would turn into a political argument where it's you know you're impeding on our freedoms if you you know requires to wear a mask all over the place which i find ridiculous but that's and that... over here if you believe that you can piss off off the oh, island yeah for fuck's sake off the island there you're not a man. Sake off the island. Yeah. we have a saying over here which is there's a boat in the morning so basically if you don't like something over here get on the boat and get lost i love it it's that simple we, we have Do a similar one my cousin here he can find the boat next next podcast because he's not turning on the camera. My camera is <laughs> broken. You have no respect for anyone. You you have no sympathy for me, Nick. And I think it's I think that's bullying. I think you're bullying me on the podcast, and I, and I want an apology. <laughs> Natasha, thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful. I thank am never going to apologize to this guy. Such a pleasure to have you on, Natasha. I thank sincerely you. mean that. It was I so loved nice. it. Thank you and very much. You back on. And next time, we'll make sure his camera's working. Yes, thank you, Nick. <laughs> I'd love to. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about this topic, download Fibo. Fibo is a condition management platform that gives you personalized access to manage your medical journey. It's essentially the one-stop shop for all of your health management needs. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.